Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I, I, I'm excited to get into this um, concept, and I pray it's a blessing to you today. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath exercised, hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. This is powerful to me here. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Verse 13, last scripture. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. The Bible just knows how to say it, huh? I, I want to present a concept to you and I pray it's a blessing to you. I want to preach on this subject uh, this morning, the art of life the art of life can you lay your bibles down everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands and let's ask god to speak in this house lord jesus i, I thank you for everyone lord that made time in their schedule to come to hear your word and to come and encounter you lord it, it cannot be with the enticing words of man's wisdom i know in me that is in my flesh there dwells no good thing Hide me behind the cross today. Hide me behind your presence, God. Let your presence take the preeminence in this house where you are the focus above all else because no one else can heal us but you. No one else can make us whole but you. No one else can minister into our minds and our hearts and our souls like you can. God, do a deep work in us by your word. Give me the thoughts and the words to speak in Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The art of life. The truth of the matter is, if we read Ecclesiastes 3, no one likes to focus on the negative elements in Ecclesiastes 3. We focus on a time to heal. We're not going to talk or preach about a time to kill. We, we want to focus on uh, a time to laugh. We don't want to talk about a time to weep. We, we want to talk about uh, a, a time to speak. We don't want to talk about a time to keep silent. We want to talk about a time of peace. We don't want to talk about a time of war. And because we don't want to talk about these things, it sets some unrealistic expectations on life. Because the truth of the matter is, life isn't going to always be going your way. And I'm about to give you a revelation. Here it is. 
and that's okay. Some people, when they get to the negative side of life, they begin to, to, to wonder if there's something in them that's wrong that they're doing. That when war hits or sickness hits, that somehow this is a discount to our, our, our prayer and our praise. And somehow our prayer and praise isn't making it to the ears of God. Because if, it, if God was listening, then I wouldn't have to deal with this loss. If God was listening, then I wouldn't have to deal with this in my family. If God was listening, then I wouldn't have had to go through that in my youth. Or I wouldn't have to go through that in my childhood. And the problem is that the negatives of life, we begin to internalize it as if there is something wrong with our worship that it's happening. But the truth of the matter is, it's life. And I'm going to help you. Life is not out to get you. I'm already bursting bubbles this morning. Life isn't out to get you because these things are happening. He doesn't put a name to the person that there's a time to be born and a time to die. It doesn't give a name to a person, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There, there are cycles of life that no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, no matter how spiritual you are, you cannot escape the cycle of life it's just gonna be life life is gonna life and nobody knows how to life like life I've never seen a life like life life just be lifing it's just life it's just what life does and your negative seasons are not a reflection of your inadequacy. And we have to stop internalizing the negative as if there's something wrong with our spirit and soul and just sit back in peace and know, you know what? Life happens. Life happens. And... These things that are mentioned in Ecclesiastes 3, not only it is troubling that there are negatives here, but it's troubling in verse 11 when it says that he hath made everything beautiful in his time. My God. That, that God has the ability in the middle of war to make something beautiful. In the middle of brokenness and weeping and in the middle of all of the hurt and the pain, somehow in the rending, he's able to make something beautiful in it. Because you cannot plant anything of value unless you first break the ground up. You ever thought about how the ground feels? When you putting a shovel in it, if the ground could talk, it'd be like, what you doing? If you feel like you're walked on all day, you need to talk to the ground. But you are digging, right? It, it, it doesn't, it's finite, it doesn't understand, it doesn't have your intellectual, your, your intellectual skills, you, you, but you are, you are digging to plant something that makes the ground more valuable. And, and, and you know, even with houses, if there, if there are oak trees on that property, come on, it's more valuable, isn't it? If, if there is some rare flower, if there's some rarity that, that you, that you, that you plant and you think that what, it, what is produced out of the ground makes the ground more valuable. And sometimes our lives are broken up, not for our destruction, but so there could be a seed planted in our spirits so we are more valuable than we were before the storm. Come on, somebody. God knows how to make you more valuable after the storm, after the brokenness, after the pain than you were. He knows how to make everything beautiful. 
in his time. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if you never had trouble in your life, life would be pretty boring. Life would be pretty boring. Because the truth of the matter is, in life, this is what the writer is showing here, life needs contrast. The ebb and flows, the ups and downs. It's in the ups and downs, it's in the ebbs and flows, it's in the contrast that you see beauty. As a matter of fact, there's a concept in art that art... In order for art to be art, it needs contrast. It needs some type of resistance. Some type of contrast element. And if your life has no opposition, you can't see the beauty. Because it's in the contrast that you see the beauty. And in art, there is... An element of, of contrast, they say, to make the, the scene or the portrait tense. Watch this. And even they use contrast, the, the opposition, here it is, to bring peace. And the contrast of an artist, as they focus on the contrast that they are making in their art, it is to show the focal point of the picture. The center, the most important element. You will not see it without contrast. And it is the contrast of, of these resisting elements, these opposite elements that bring forth a beautiful picture. You need the contrast in your life to see the beauty. You can't appreciate light unless you've seen darkness. You, you cannot rejoice over the garment of praise if you have never had the contrast of the spirit of heaviness. You cannot rejoice over the oil of, of joy after you first endured mourning. Come on, somebody. You cannot rejoice over something properly unless there is a contrast. Now, I appreciate the light. Why? Because I came out of a dark season. Now, I appreciate the joy. Why? Because I came out of a morning season and it is the contrast that produces a gratefulness in my heart that helps me to see the hand of God. The, the, the contrast is important. You can't survive in life without contrast. And that's what I want to do today. I want to take you on a journey because every, every Sunday is different. We, we've, had, we've had miracles last month. We've had, we've had so many things that, that have happened. Every Sunday is different. Today, I, I want to challenge your thought today. And in challenging your thought, what, what I want you to understand is that, that resistance is needed to see beauty, to experience beauty. As a matter of fact, do you know you, the, the weight of gravity over your head right now, if you had no pressure, the gravity that's pulling you to the center of the earth's core, it is pulling you down, gravity. It is resisting you, it is pulling you down, and without that pull, You would never fall. And I know you would like to never fall. But the issue is if you never fall, you're just left to floating. And with floating, you don't control your direction. So it is the resistance and the pull down that allows me to move where I want. Okay, okay. I'm getting too deep right now. 
y'all gonna throw me out of here for real but i'm excited today because we got to get this you see without gravity without resistance without that opposition and that pull down uh, then we would all but just be floating around aimlessly uh, not knowing where we're going uh, but it is the pull down and the pressure of gravity uh, that gives us the strength of movement and direction uh, and it is the pull of gravity that helps us to be able to breathe without the pull down without the pressure you can't breathe because that same pressure that's keeping you on the ground is keeping the atmosphere close to you so you can breathe so you can't even breathe without contrast one of the scariest prayers you could ever pray is to say Lord let me never see night again Because when God created the earth, he made sure he created beauty out of contrast. And the evening and the morning was the first day. The first day. You can't have a day without a little bit of night. Come on. Somebody smile out there. Amen. I'm, you can't have a, a, a day. There is no day without night. As a, as, a, as a matter of fact, not only is there, you, you can't have a day without night, but if you were to not see night, today is what, July 2nd or 3rd? 2nd. Today is July 2nd. And July 2nd, I want you to think, for 10 years, you do not see night. Imagine no darkness for 10 years from this day. No darkness for 10 years. In 10 years, if you don't see darkness in 10 years, it will still be July 2nd, 2023. Why? Night didn't come. And Jews define night as the, as the transition point to a new day. Anytime there's night, there's always transition. Anytime you're enduring night and in a night season, you have to understand you're in transition to a new day. So the sign of a new day coming is when night hits. 8.30 in the evening, like, whew, I better get some sleep because the new day is coming. Because why? It's a part of life. And contrast is makes the center focus, makes the center seen clearly. The focal point of a portrait won't be seen without contrast. And it's when the contrast hits that Jesus likes to show us that he is the focal point and the center of your life. So he'll use contrast to push you back to the source. As a matter of fact, they say with artists, they say one of the worst things you could do is use similar colors because nothing will be the vocal point. There has to be resisting colors in order to see the focus of a portrait. Are you getting it? And so God uses the times and the seasons to enter into our lives and to see him clearly. He say, hey, none of that's going to work. The wealth, the money, the business, the family, the relationships, all that comes and goes. But there's something that needs to be your center. And it is a relationship with me that has to be at the very focal point of your life. That's what he says. He says in, in verse 13, he says that Verse 11, he says it this way. He says that he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart. Everyone say the world. This word world is a Hebrew word that literally means eternity and everlasting. 
It says that in every man, God has put everlasting into their hearts. When he says the world, he's not talking about the cosmos. He's talking about everlasting before the worlds began. He said in every man, he puts everlasting in their hearts. Whew. But life and the contrast of the loss and the gain and the ups and the downs, it makes men look for that center. Because in every man, they're wondering, why am I here? That's what made the philosophers in ancient Greece ask why. Because there was everlasting has set, been set in their hearts. And every person, no matter what their background is, they're always, something about adversity starts making them look up. Why am I here? And there's a restlessness in the heart of man. They'll try to replace that restlessness with ambition or, or with success or with relationships. But nothing will appease that restlessness until they come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we have to stop looking at ourselves as if we're doing something bad. That's why something bad happened. Somebody clap your hands. I feel like I'm ministering already. See, you see the main, the central figure clearly when there is contrast, when there is resistance, when there is the gravity, the pull. You see the beauty of the ocean because the moon has a gravitational pull. And when the moon, it pulls on the waves of the ocean. So you begin to see the, the tide go up and down. Not because of anything that's in the sea, but because it fills the pool of another world. Come on, somebody. Because it fills the pool, the upward pool of the moon. We need the resistance. We need the pressure to discover the center. And many of us would have never come to God if there wasn't some type of contrast, some type of pain, some type of heartache, some type of suffering. He had set everlasting into the heart of man where there's a civilization can't fill the void. Nothing can fill the void but the presence of God. Now you look at the old, old Testament and it's full of contrast. The evening and the morning was the first day. You, you, you see the contrast of him using chaos, emptiness, and darkness as the raw materials for the beauty of the world. See, a painter grabs his, his favorite brushes before he paints. God his favorite brushes are chaos, darkness, and emptiness. And he's like, ooh, I'm about to make something beautiful. You're like, ah. <laughs> How many of you, when you see the chaos come, you're like, God, I'm good. Let me just be bland. Let me just be like a blank canvas. Isn't that the truth? But he likes when, he sees chaos as a tool, like, ooh, I'm about to. Emptiness, the void, darkness. He uses it as tools to create a beautiful picture in our lives. And although the enemy is trying to destroy us with these things, God knows how to use them to push you into greatness. Every person that has accomplished anything in their, their lives, it, the, the creativity arose from a problem. You, everything comes out of a problem. You, you got to your job because, because you know what? This job ain't making enough. Come on, somebody. I, I, just, I can't, listen, I can't, I can't do it. I got I to gotta, I gotta find something else. I can't do it. I got to find a side hustle. And that's what happens. People have a side hustle and it becomes their main hustle. That's how you got Amazon. Selling books in a garage. That's how Amazon came to be. That, that's, how you, that's how you got Facebook, trying to get college students connected. 
He just saw a problem, lack of communication, lack of connectivity. And so out of the problem arose an invention. See, it, the contrast is what breeds creativity. It's a part of life. And we see these contrasts and we see the contrast is what brings illumination. Now, y'all thinking deep today. Y'all, everybody, y'all, I, 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 I knew this would help somebody. Y'all, y'all in deep thought. Everybody's got the philosopher's posture to, today. Everybody's like, And that's good. That's why I'm doing it. I, see, see, we want to minister to your spirit, soul, and body. We want to minister. You, you have a mind. God has gifted you with a mind. And God wants to use it for his glory. And so I, that, that, that's, that's the purpose of this message. I, 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 want, to, I want to challenge your, your thought process because there are cycles of life. And no matter how spiritual you are, you don't get to escape cycles. They don't get to escape it. It's a part of life. And so what you have to do is use the contrast to push you not only into creativity, but to push you to the focal point, your creator. So he would use contrast. We don't understand the sacrifice of Abel until we see the contrast of Cain. Acceptable and unacceptable. How do we know what was acceptable and unacceptable? We saw a contrast. We do not see the greatness of Abraham until we see the contrast of Isaac and Ishmael. And everybody wants Abraham to just have Isaac. That's the promised child. That's the promised son. But nobody wants to acknowledge Ishmael in his life. When everybody talks about Abraham, they're like, Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. And, and someone's like, well, what about Ishmael? Like, Don't you mess with Abraham now. But, but what makes the man great is Isaac and Ishmael. I'm going to help you today. There's nobody in the world that's perfect other than Jesus Christ. And it is the trials, it is the suffering, it is the, it is the mistakes and the failures and the ups and the downs that you can really see a life. And a life that only has ups isn't alive and the life that only has downs isn't alive an EKG monitor you'd know it's alive with the ups and the downs somebody gonna tackle me today you, you only know if it's alive if it's, if it's flat you, you, you get nervous that, that's too consistent when somebody's always up something's wrong because that ain't real. Come on, somebody. And if somebody's always down, something's up because that ain't real. Come on. You know it's alive in the ups and the downs because that's where you see the art. Come on, somebody. You don't see art just going in straight lines. That's just a line. The art is in the ups and the downs of life. The triumphs and the despair. And it's through that I begin to see the power of a creator that has kept me in my, in my down times. And a creator that has kept my mind in the up times and a creator that pulled me out of the pit and a creator amen look at the EKG it's alive how you know it's alive I'm hearing the beeping it's going up and down and that is life you thought something was wrong didn't you he thought, you thought, you thought it was just like God had abandoned you. You thought that, this, that the down, there's something. No, this is a part. There are seasons, everybody. And some seasons are shorter and some seasons are longer than others. Sometimes your downtime might feel a little like too down. Come on, somebody. 
for like a year, for like two years. But you have to understand that in the cycle of life, your day coming up is coming. So I cannot measure my emotions by the ups and the downs. I have to allow the contrast to push me to a creator, a consistency. That now that's why I can bless the Lord at all times. That's why his praise can continually be in my life. Because the one thing that's consistent is in life. The only thing that's consistent is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to use my contrast to make me appreciate God. God's consistency. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. He put breath in my body. He allowed the blood to circulate from my heart. Come on, somebody. I thank God for a consistent God. Life isn't the same, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm using the contrast to push me into relationship. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. He's faithful. He'll never leave me or abandon me. He'll never walk out on me. He'll never turn his back on me. He's the thing that gives me water when I'm thirsty. He's the thing that gives me bread when I'm hungry. He's the thing that lifts me up when my head is down. He is the paraclete. He is the divine presence coming alongside to help me. He is my hope. He is my lily. He is my mountain. He is my refuge. Come on. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth in and our safety is consistent so instead of focusing on the downs and the ups I'm going to focus on the center I'm going to focus on the focal point I'm going to focus on the thing that is consistent every day even when I feel bad even when I feel good he is consistent that's what God wanted you to see in the life of Abraham. That's what he wanted you to see in the life of Abraham. He wanted to see. He wanted you to see the ups and the downs in Abraham's life. He wanted you to see everything that's going good and everything that's going bad. But while he had Ishmael, he still had a relationship with God. And while he had Isaac, he still had a relationship with God. And when Sarah died, he still had a relationship with God. He suffered loss. He had promises and mistakes but the contrast presented the principles of a creator clap your hands one more time see in Abraham's life everybody wants to talk about Isaac 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 the promised son everyone talks about him but you have to understand that at Abraham's burial in Genesis chapter 25, Genesis chapter 25 and verse 8, look what it says. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah. You have to understand at the end of Abraham's life, he didn't just get rid of Ishmael forever. I'm going to preach right now. But the promise and the mistake came together and buried that great man of God. He was still the father of the faithful, even though he had a mistake at the end of his life. Come on, somebody. And just because he had a mistake, it didn't mean he wasn't great. I'm going to preach right now. And just because you made a mistake doesn't mean there's no greatness coming out of you. But there is a contrast. Isaac. Isaac and Ishmael buried him. The mistake and the promise came together. You see, just because you have a mistake, it doesn't disqualify you from the promise. The promise and the mistake came together and they buried that great man of God. And he wrestled with his mistakes. And he wrestled with this, with his promise. And he wrestled with his humanity. And he wrestled with his divinity. And he wrestled with his future. And he wrestled with his pass and somewhere in that wrestling match there was greatness that was born out of the heart of that individual why because there was a creator that was sustaining him there was a creator that was keeping him there was a creator
I preached a message years ago called Overlooked Faith. And I talked about how, how that's the faith you overlook. Because while... Abraham is carrying his mistake. He's lifting up his hands, still believing for Isaac. That's overlooked faith. The faith to continue even though you made a mistake. Didn't quit. Didn't throw in the towel. Carrying, carrying his Ishmael. Still lifting up his hands, believing for the promise. And I talked about the overlooked faith of Abraham. To have the audacity to keep pursuing God. After you have a trail of mistakes and mess-ups and failures behind you. But still something in you gets up. and says, I'm going after him. Why? Because he said everlasting in my heart. Even if I wanted to give up, I couldn't. Because I discovered the answer. I discovered my reason for living. I discovered my foundation. I discovered my why. Over the overlooked faith of Abraham. And I talked about how he, he learned to live with his mistake while still pursuing the promise. Whew. And I talked about it how how both sons that they came to bury him and I imagined it as a as a eulogy and Isaac gets up and he begins to eulogize and preach over the casket of Abraham and Isaac gets up and say y'all let me tell you something dad was crazy he tried to sacrifice me <laughs> but it was to prove his faith. Isaac puts the mic down. He goes and sits down. Everyone gathers their belongings. They think that the funeral's over. All of a sudden, they hear the back door swing open and they see a rugged, shadowy figure walk down the center aisle and walks up and people begin to look. They begin to whisper, hold on, that's Ishmael, that's Ishmael, that's Ishmael. Ishmael walks up to the pulpit, grabs the mic, and he begins to preach. You know, Dad, exercise faith with me too. Because he learned to live with me and still pursue his promise. And they both testified he was a great man. Because no great man just has an Isaac in their life. Every great man and woman has an Ishmael my God but what made them great is they refused to, to stop pursuing God while they were buried underneath the weight of their mistake it's the contrast the contrast helps you to come in contact with the vocal point all of the contrast you see in scriptures is for one reason to discover the vocal point which is God and that's what's happening in your life in the ups and the downs. You see, you, you, you immediately want to chase something else. God ain't working. I'm going to find something else. God ain't working. I'm going to try this career. God ain't working. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And God's like, you ain't getting it, are you? Okay. I'm going to allow the contrast to help you finally see. And you know how some people still don't get it? You ever went up to a painting? You're like, what's that? And then some expert comes and says, well, you see, this is, this is the moon. And what they're doing here, this is the symbol of... That's someone that is an expert in contrast. While you're trying to get rid of your contrast, you got to give your contrast to the expert in contrast so you can see the focal point. It's full of contrast. You see it with, with Jacob and Esau. In the womb of... Rebecca. Every person has a, a Jacob and Esau in them. Jacob and Esau were wrestling in Rebecca's womb. They're, they were contrasts. Everybody has a wrestling in the womb with Jacob and Esau. But you see, their contrast of their lives helped you to see the Creator's principles. Are you getting it? Jacob, he is a plain man. He's all about going after God. Esau is all about the temporary. 
And everybody within them is wrestling with the eternal and the temporary. The, 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 the eternal and the temporary. The, the pursuit of God and the pursuit of flesh. That's within every one of us. But God is trying to use that battle for you not to capitulate to Esau or capitulate to the flesh, but to see the beauty of your creator. He's your center. Wave a hand if I'm helping somebody. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting deep today. We're getting deep today. Because um, this book is deep, amen? I'm just, that's a deep book, y'all. We're, we spent a year in the Gospel of Matthew on, on our midweeks. We, we'll, we'll wrap it up in August, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. It's so deep. You can't just, you, can't just, you know. I, literally, this is a condensed message. It's so deep. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I can't even give you all of it. I have never preached a full message God has given me. I always am left to 70, 80% more. Aren't you thankful for your pastor's discipline to still give it to you? I give it to you in 45. I could take a good four hours. <laughs> That's facts. But every, but every service, you see, pastor stays in that 35 to 45-minute range. And if the spirit's leading, pastor might go 50. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. If you're wondering, is, is God leading him now? Is God <laughs> The contrast. Jacob, Jacob and Esau. The flesh and the spirit. There's always a contrast that helps you to see, see the righteousness and the beauty of the creator. That's what you have to get. They end the book of Ecclesiastes by this. They did the ups and the downs, life's ups, life's downs, the coming and going, all of this. And he says, all is vanity. But at the end of Ecclesiastes, the last chapter, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. After painting the picture with the ups and downs of life, he said the whole conclusion, fear God, keep his commandments. Because all of those contrasts are for you to come into relationship with him. Amen. And so, so we have to talk about it, the ups and the downs. So you see the pain, you see the promise, you see the promise and the mistake in, in uh, Isaac and Ishmael. You see the flesh and the spirit with Jacob and Esau. You see the contrast. And all of these contrasts, it was to lead us into the fullness of a picture. God becoming flesh. Jesus Christ. All of these life stories were necessary so we might clearly see him in the New Testament. Because what a paradox. The ultimate contrast. Here it is. God becoming man. After the ugliness of man, come on somebody, after what man was doing in the Old Testament. Have you read the Old Testament? You know what they was doing, they was crazy. They was cutting off people's big toes and stuff. <laughs> That's Bible. I mean, they were crazy. Don't know what they was, they were throwing, man, they was crazy, y'all. Chopping up people there, like what was going on? And yet, to save man, God said, I'm going to become man. What a contrast. God, you are holy. You are righteous. You are pure. What are you doing coming in the likeness of sinful flesh? Because you could not see God clearly. Until he became man. 
They used to be like, what's God like? What's God like? What's God like? What's God like? Oh, you, you don't get it. I'm going to do a contrast. I'm going to do something that you never thought I would do because I'm holy. I'm righteous. I've never sinned. Everything. I am going to become human so you could see the focal point of all that I've done in my past. And he is the express image of the invisible God. So when they wanted to see God, they saw Jesus in the flesh. The ultimate contrast, the God-man. Who puts those two words together? The, that's only for Jesus. The, the, the God-man? Hold on, hold on. The God-man! A mediator. I want you to see how sinful man is. And I want you to see how righteous I am. And you're going to see the contrast. And you're going to see a focal point of my sacrifice on that cross. The cross that, that reaches from the ground to the heavens. I'm from the future to the past. Come on now. Come on now. What was the focal point? The man in the middle. It's art, isn't it? How did you do that? Because when everything's going bad, like it was going for him with that crown of thorns, how could he look and say, Ooh, this is beautiful. That point in his, on the cross while he's crying out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Why has thou forsaken me while he's doing his last breath while they're cheering him on? How is that beautiful? The contrast of all of the cheers. Would show later all of the praise afterwards. And he's been praised more years than those hours than he was on that. Three days ain't got nothing on three millennia. I'll endure three days of hell for three millennia of heaven. It's just the contrast, the focal point. And that's what it says in Romans 8, verse 3. It says that he, uh, let's put it up there. Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 3. I want to put it up there because I don't want to paraphrase it. I'll go to the scriptures. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. I want you to catch this, guys. Look what it says. sword drill here it is oh he, we got it the same no, I got it a half a second before you <laughs> we were racing we were racing you, you could get me the next time <laughs> Romans chapter 8 verse 3 here it is for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. The thing that was messing up man, God became to save man. And to become a blessing to us, he became a curse for us. It's a contrast. And the focal point of all the contrast of life is for you to see him and never let go of him. Don't ever throw away your relationship and your walk with God.
and the ups and the downs and the valleys and the mountains no matter how successful you get no matter how downtrodden you get one thing you should never give up is your relationship with God come on somebody that has to always be the focal point that has to always be the center that has to always be the thing fear God and keep his commandments everybody stand with me musicians can come I want it to stimulate your thought with this word today. And in, in, in the midst of uh, the, 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 it's the summer, the summer, the winter, the fall, the spring, in, in, in all the seasons of life, no matter how bad they are, no matter how good they are, no matter how good the job is, no matter how bad the job is, no matter what the schedule looks like, no matter what, there's something that should be uncompromising in your life. And that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. All the ups and downs of the Old Testament, all of life's contrast, the Davids and the Sauls, after all of the contrast of, of, of the ups and the downs in Israel compared to all of the surrounding nations, it was to finally start seeing the Messiah clearly. So he can take his rightful place in our hearts. And in order for him to get into our hearts, his heart had to burst on that cross. In order to mend our hearts, his heart had to be broken. As the researchers and doctors have studied the crucifixion and the effects and how uncomfortable people would be on that cross their body would hunch over because they were having muscle spasms and they would come up and breathe and come up and breathe and finally everything they wouldn't be able to get enough breath that their heart would just finally burst contrast he wanted a broken heart so he could mend our heart anytime you're caught up in the contrast of life and the ups and the downs and the times of loss and the times of weeping and the times of losing look back to the focal point look back to the cross because none of us have ever endured that type of pain See, that's what keeps you centered. What Jesus did for us and how he made a way for us through repentance, through baptism in his name, being filled with his spirit. He made a way for us to be born again of the water and of the spirit. He made a way for us. And to begin a relationship and to sustain a relationship. Anytime I feel like life's out to get me, I look back at the cross. I say, I have never hurt like that. All of my pain is, is mental, it's, it's spiritual, it's, 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 it's things like that. But, but on that cross, that was mental, spiritual, physical, emotional. That was everything we've been through on that cross. And we have never suffered like that. And when I look at the cross, that's what keeps me balanced. I'll never forget, several years ago, I was sitting in my room after going through one of the darkest valleys I had ever gone through in my life. And as I sat in that room and I wept and I was in the fetal position, I closed the 
door. I wouldn't come out of the room for days. I was so hurt. I was so much in so much suffering. And as I'm there weeping and crying, saying, woe is me. How pitiful my life is. I don't even know if I want to live. I've been betrayed so bad. Let someone in so close and it hurt me down to my core. They took a knife out and stabbed me in my side. And as I'm hunched over in my room, weeping and crying and saying, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? All of a sudden, God said, I've been through worse than you. And right there, while I'm hunched over weeping, I begin to read on the crucifixion. And I just began to weep. And I just began to cry. I said, God, when I see what you've done for me, I've got nothing to complain about. I've got nothing to give up about. I've got nothing to throw in the towel about. Because what you did for me is allowing me to live through and overcome. My contrast brought me closer to my creator. He didn't create my pain, but he used it to illuminate his presence. And some of you have walked in here and it's been bad thing, one bad thing after another for years and for months, maybe even decades. And you feel like life is out to get you. can you see clearly now the whole point of it all to come into relationship with Jesus Christ that even after I've been born again of the water and of the spirit there's, I can never let go of his presence because he's the artist everything beautiful in his time some of those artists they don't even use a paintbrush they just get a gallon of paint and they just throw it on the canvas that's what you feel like right now God how could something come out of something that's dumped all over me one bucket and throw it and they get another bucket and throw it and they get another bucket and throw it and after all the throwing and they're throwing paint and they're throwing it and all of a sudden a figure emerges it all looked like happenstance it all looked like random but that artist had a focal point in mind get caught up in the ups and downs of life stay focused on what it's all about I'm fearing God and I'm keeping his commandments I'm respecting God and I'm keeping his commandments I'm holding on to my relationship from the front to the back I want you to step out of your seat come forward they're gonna sing in a moment but there needs to be a rededication to your walk with God this is the summer months this is a time you have enough time to think you have enough time to 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 ponder this is a time to say god there's one thing i'm not letting go of and i'm not letting go of my relationship with you god you are my power that's it from the front to the back that's it everybody move in as close as you can we're gonna have a time of prayer this is a time to rededicate this is a time to make him that that utmost intention i got to focus on the downs i got to focus on the tears i got to focus on the abuse i got to focus on being taken advantage of i got to focus on all the losses i got to focus on everything that was going bad that i don't want to 
miss the focal point. And God, you, I see that you are my healer. I see that you are my sustainer. I see that you are my provider. I see you're the thing that kept me from quitting. I see you're the thing that brought me out of the valley. I see you're the thing that has given me life, an abundant life in that. You are the source. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Why don't you link up with somebody near you? Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Put your hand on somebody's back. Go ahead and grab somebody's hand and begin to pray. Begin to pray. God's going to bring you out of this. God's watching over your children. God's going to redeem the time. He's going to restore the years that you lost. His hand is still on your child. His hand is still on your family. His hand is still on your future. God's going to bring a contrast about. You're going to see him as lifted up, Lord of all. Come on, that's it. Pray with the person next to you. Find somebody to pray with from the front to the back. I want you to pray with somebody near you right now. Somebody needs some encouragement to hold on. Everything's going to get better. This contrast is just rekindling your relationship with the Creator. This contrast is just reigniting your relationship with God. This heartache, this pain is just reigniting your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.